Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, April 1st, and it is April Fool's Day. Now, if you are like me, gullible as ever, you always tell yourself at the beginning of the day, the morning, the night, the day before, all right, tomorrow or today is April Fool's Day. Nothing is real. Nothing is true. Everything is a joke. Everything is a, a gag. Everything is just fooling around. Nothing is real on this day. And I th- always say that to myself every time it happens. And every single day, I get fooled by one or two things every year. And it's inevitable. Like, I see something, and it just, the the whole April Fool, the date goes out of my head. And I just get fooled left and right. It happens every freaking time. It's, it, you know, it's, sometimes you can do it to people. I did it today. I'm guilty of it. I tweeted out, no podcast today. We'll be back next week. I'm clearly here today. Uh, just a joke. April Fool's, everybody. Um, but there's no stopping this train. Um, but yeah, I've done it before. I'm sure people have done it to everybody today. You got to be careful, though, because on Twitter, there, you'll see something pretty out, outlandish. Something that you never will see. Um, a big announcement, a big uh, press conference, a big... Uh, um, uh, a release or whatever, and then you look and you're like, oh, wait a minute, it's April Fool's Day, and you go to the comments and like, haha, you got me, or damn it, I thought that this was real, it's like, oh, shoot, man, uh, you got me there again, so you gotta be careful, man, and I, I, again, like I said, this happens every freaking time, I, I don't know what it is, but it's just like, you know, remember back in school, when you would um, wake up, go to the first class of the day, and then you'd have like a paper to write or whatever, and then you forget the date. It's like that. You always kind of forget what day it is until you look it up, like you or or like it's like you remember you you tell yourself this is the date. Don't forget about this, and then you go in and then you forget forget about it, and it's just like how did I forget something that that seems so like um, should be so important and should be not forgettable? But I think it's because like now we have like phones and shit. So, like, using, like, um, you know, a phone or a watch to tell the date or whatever, we, we, like, barely even use, like, an actual calendar, really. I mean, I have one in my room, but I don't, like, use it or mark it with anything, and I don't don't even use a calendar app on my phone, really. I probably should, but I don't, and it's just, like, I'm, I feel like I'm just, like, not utilizing a tool in my phone that would help me so much more than, you know, what I'm already at, you know, and... Like I said, today is Thursday, and if you live in California or the Central Valley, it is pretty warm today, everybody. Um, last I checked, it was like 82 degrees. That is so warm. Like, I'm recording right now in my studio, and I am boiling. I am melting in my freaking chair right now. I'm sweaty. Um, it's been warm the entire day. Um, so, I, you know, you think that the weather is April fooling me, right? But um, apparently it's going to cool down a bit at the, and later in this week, so that's a good thing. But whew, right now, I am boiling it is hot today it's been hot for a few days which has been weird um but it luck- luckily it's gonna um drop down a bit because like again we're barely into april and it's already like 82 degrees but if it does drop oh thank goodness but this was just such a oh weird hot spell and you know what's also weird is like nowadays like if you remember like back in like the end of winter and all that right like mid-July, where it should still be pretty cold, maybe early February, it's like, okay, I'm hearing, like, frogs croaking at night now, because frogs aren't supposed to be living in cold weather, they're like, they have no fucking fur, they they, they live in water, they're amphibians, they're they're cold-blooded, I believe, 
and they don't they they don't do well in the cold. So I'm like wondering, like, why are the frogs croaking and hatching out of their eggs so early? It's it's so weird. Like I would always like think like, um, it's like getting down to like 34 some some nights, and you can hear frogs. Like those frogs must be freaking freezing, right? Like that just would be so bad. Like I don't know why the frogs are hatching so early. It's just it's, it's so weird, and it's always like another sign of the winter change or the the weather changing is when you see bugs too like because when it's winter the bugs like die out because you know if you if you let them in they'll live but if you let them outside they'll freeze to death and then that's when you know like oh yeah we're in winter there's like not as many flies not as many bugs in the air gnats no gnats really no mosquitoes unless you're around like a a moist area but like for the most part there's no bugs either and that's another reason that's another uh sign that you can tell that the weather is changing it's like but it's like it's feeling like it's changing earlier and earlier every year it's like wow okay this is i mean i'm I'm not like uh mad about it i'm just like okay you just we got to adapt more like i had to like i almost feel like i got to turn on the ac because it's actually kind of warm in this room right now so it's just like but you know whatever um so I kind of wanted to talk about um, some things that happened around April Fool's Day, some things that I saw that I actually got fooled by, and uh, pretty embarrassingly, maybe a trip down memory lane, but I remember back in the day, like I would say like maybe two or three years ago, IGN tweeted out some weird thing, it was like a, it was like Star Wars related, it was like uh, Darth Maul is going to get his own uh, feature film starring Ray Park and all that, and there was a trailer out, and I, I clicked on it, and I was just like, wait a minute, this, this, there's no trailer, what's happening, and it was just, like, a big thing that said April Fool's, and I was like, oh, man, they got me so good there, and it's just, it's true, man, I mean, you really, like, me, personally, I forget, I just, I, I can't help it, man, and then earlier this week, now, it wasn't done on April Fool's Day, so I guess I kind of believed it more than I should have, but if you don't know this, uh, Michael Strahan, a former defensive back of the New York Giants, and now does a bunch of uh, uh, media with, uh, he does a, this, um, football on uh, Sunday football on Fox. Um, he does a Good Morning America. He used to do um, live with Kelly and Michael. If you don't know him, he's, like, he's got a huge gap between his two front teeth. Really cool guy, really respected guy, nice guy. And the thing is that he's had an entire, his entire year he's had this gap between his two front teeth. And everybody was saying like, um... Like you can, you you know him from his accomplishments and all that, but you know who that is just by his smile with the gap in his teeth, and and then everybody was saying like, um, well, not everybody was saying, but people were thinking like, well, you have so much money, why would you not like fix your your teeth or whatever? Like, do you want to do that? Do you think like you should do that? And I remember like, like again, like a couple years ago, years ago, he said like he wouldn't um, fill in his gap because it like. Made him very distinct. That was like his his uh, his his look. That was his uh, how he was recognized by people. Everybody knew him because of his gap and all that. Not just because of his accomplishments, but like you see his face, you know, oh, that's Michael Strahan. You you just know. And a couple days ago, he put out a video of him. Like it was so well done. I couldn't believe it. I fell for it. And not just me, but a lot of people fell for this too. But um, he did like this whole video, like a kind of like a almost like an iPhone shot thing of his journey from like not having a gap to going to a doctor's office to getting a gap filled out, filled in and all that and showing off new teeth. And he looked so happy when he had it done. And then he he acted it very well. I thought it was fully real. Like I was just blown away because like today 
he put out put out a video of him just like wearing a mask, you know, the COVID mask and saying, you know what, guys, um, it's not time for my gap to go yet. And he pulls his mask down and his teeth are the same. There nothing has changed. He still has his gap. And I was like, holy shit, bro, you got me good. You got everybody good. You got America good. I've seen like things where it was trending on Twitter. Um, they're like, oh, Michael Strahan played us all uh, for April Fool's, Fool's Day. And I was just like, damn it, dude, I should have known that. But it was weird because it wasn't like done on April Fool's Day. Because now I'm thinking like, if you're going to pull a prank or something, or if you're going to do a joke, or if you're going to like, like do something and fool a lot of people, you got to do it the days before April Fool's Day now. Because now if you do it on an April Fool's Day, a lot of people, not me, um, won't fall for it. They know in their heart that this is just a day where people can lie about things and try to f trick people. And, you know, some people, I, I assure you, don't get tricked, know it all, know what's happening all the time, and are like, I'm not going to get fooled because I know what day it is. But people like me, I'm, I'm, is like, it's it's like a feeding ground, it happens. So I'm, I'm getting curious, and I'm starting to think that maybe the, the few days before April Fool's Day is where we also need to be looking out for things, because they could say something during those days, and then on this day, they'll be like, aha, just kidding, we fooled you. So now I'm like, okay, well, now I got to be on my toes now for like the maybe at least a week before April Fool's Day, just so I don't get bamboozled and don't get my heart broken or don't get like um, surprised or, uh, you know, fooled like that because I, I I don't like getting fooled. Like, I just feel so silly and so stupid. It's like, oh my goodness, man. They, I, they, I, and it's just like, it keeps happening and happening. And it's just like, man, now I know why. And that's why I thought like today, because today inevitably is... um. Um, opening day for baseball and I woke up to the news of the uh, the Red Sox and then the Mets games were being postponed one was because of weather I believe and the other one was because of uh, people on the team uh, had a uh, COVID uh, complications or something like that and I was just like please say April Fool's please say April Fool's no April Fool's joke it was actually can't postponed because of those at legit reasons I was like damn it man I was like, I can't, okay, I could not take it seriously, I, I, my friend showed me it, he sent me it, he's like, it looks like there's postponing this game, and I was like, nah, bro, that's fake, it's gotta be fake, it's April Fool's Day, turns out it's not fake, I was like, damn it, man, the one thing I wanted to be, uh, see, I, I knew it for that, I, I was so skeptical about that, I was like, there's no way, no way that's real, there's no way, it seems too thought out, the, also, like, having opening day on April Fool's Day, was like such a big, um, a big like troll move like that. I was just like, oh please, I know I'm gonna be, I know that baseball is gonna troll me with the opening day and all that shit. I was just embracing for it. So when I heard that news, I was like, oh it's April Fools. No, it's a prank. It's not. It, it's gonna happen. And then surely not. It, they were postponed. I was just like, damn it, man. God damn it. Um, and now that we're on, we're on the topic of baseball, um, the Dodgers just played. I was watching them. And I was, uh, I gotta admit to you, I was, I was in uh, really dis, um, what's the word? I was, um, kind of expecting what happened. We lost, by the way, we lost, uh, five to eight, um, uh, some base running errors, some, uh, wild pitches, some pretty poor throws from some of the guys, um, just not seeming locked in, and I, I, I know it was game one, the very first game uh, to the Rockies, I don't want to say right now uh, World Series hangover, but it, today we just looked really dull, not sharp, not alert, not knowing what was going on, um, in my opinion, we should have won that game like 
by a lot because we just made a lot of stupid, silly mistakes that put us in holes and we just couldn't bounce back out of. Um, I think I, I like I enjoyed a lot what happened with um, I enjoyed a lot of the players that played uh, Gavin Lux, who's a new guy, rookie coming up, second baseman now. Uh, he, I thought he played pretty well. I think um, Bellinger and Betts played pretty well. Uh, Turner did okay. He did uh, he did have some weird throws to first base. I thought they were kind of like inaccurate. I was like, okay, this is kind of off. You're off today, like big time. Um, but I think that hopefully that this is just a fluke and it's not going to be uh, um, what's going to tell for their season because if that's it, then oh man, then 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 I would have to say that this is a World Series hangover. But I don't want to jump on that gun that, that that boat yet. It's way too early. It's the first game. I understand that there's a lot more baseball to be played, um, so I, I'll hold my thoughts on that. But right now, today, we didn't look very good. It was pretty uh, piss poor. Um, a lot of opportunities at the end. We had the bases loaded with one out. Um, just hitters couldn't get the ball in play. Um, the umpire, the, the officialing of the game was pretty poor, I would say. A lot of the strikes the strike zone was kind of wonky there was a lot of pitches being called balls and a lot uh, balls being called strikes and strikes calling ball being called as balls so it was just all over the place today it was just kind of weird Uh, you can tell the umpires were also a bit rusty hopefully that that gets better and um yeah we can you know play better and just not have so many mental errors the errors were just killing us today. I mean, when Justin Turner just like blew by Bellinger, not even looking to see where he was, that just shows you like the base running, um, and mental, um, awareness was just not there. And it just called, it cost us a run. It cost us a momentum, I, I believe. And just like, it, it wasn't the best we could have played. We played like we were definitely rusty. And I believe that, you know, as, as time goes on, as we get more into the flow and we get more, you know, the rust is shaken off, I, I I believe that we'll be able to bounce back and actually perform like we are supposed to. And I mean, like the Dodgers, everybody's saying that the Dodgers are the the favorites to win the World Series. Um, obviously, that we're in a, in a division with the, the Padres, who are pretty good, I'll, I'll have to say. I mean, I can't lie about that slam. Diego is looking pretty hot. They have Manny Machado, uh, Eric Hosmer, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. They also just got um, you Darvish and Blake Snell, who are excellent pitchers in my opinion. Um, so they they geared up pretty good, I would say. And um, yeah, I mean, like the the Giants right now, they they they're they're not really a threat to the to the division or the pennant, really. I would say, but they are. They always play the Dodgers really really well and I know that the, the Giants fans who I know and I know them they know that they play each other pretty well almost too well like when they would be like on like the biggest losing streak or just having like a rough patch of rough patch of games and all that and just like when we come into town we'll have all the momentum and we'll just be halted by the Giants because they just they play us so damn well it's so annoying because like they shouldn't be this good, but it's like either they're so good when we meet them or we just suck when we get to them because we don't, we don't take them seriously. I think that's it because like when you play sports or when you play competition, it's very, very easy to look down on some opponents and say like, Oh, we're obviously better. We have the better players. We have the better team. We have the better pitching. We have better everything, right? It's so easy for you to get so, sucked into that mentality of like oh we should beat them we're going to beat them because we're better 
But in I would always say in sports, anybody can beat anybody, especially in baseball, especially in basketball and football, and all pretty much all professional American league or American sport leagues. Anybody can beat anybody. So you got I always say like, and I point this out all the time, like you need to take these teams seriously. Like just because they're not like the record isn't that good or they don't have like the best players, you can't just take the day off and say, oh, we'll beat them. No, because then you look. You look like you're immature. You're not disciplined. You're not. You're not able to handle um, playing a, a quote unquote bad team. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like you. You have to show the discipline to be locked in all the time. Because if you don't have the discipline, what if you face a really good team that is very disciplined? That is like just like on the ball. They're on everything. That discipline needs to be uh, beaten into you and and practice that discipline. That way, when you get to the big games, like like you know the NLCS, the World Series, whatever, you're able to be disciplined enough to beat that team because likely that team's going to be e- either better or as good as you. Maybe a little bit not as good, but chances are they'll be pretty even, an even matchup. So I like I said before, I've been I I'm super critical the way the Dodgers play baseball, super critical. You've heard me talk about this before, but like I always say, like, and I watch it all the time, and I know you guys need to be good with the small ball. The fundamentals need to click. If you don't have the fundamentals, then I don't even want to be here. see you guys complaining about not hitting home runs, not scoring runs, and not being in running position or scoring position. I don't want to see, hear any of that, that uh, those complaints, because if you don't have the fundamentals down, if you don't play the game, um, if you don't know the basics, and then you're complaining about not scoring or the team playing badly, I don't want to hear anything that's going to be like, oh, we should have won that game. Well, yeah, you should have, but like you don't have the discipline to do it. And you don't, you always rely on the home run and whatever. You don't play small ball. You don't play defense well. You don't take a good at-bats sometimes. Sometimes they'll take some at-bats, and I'm just like, I'm I'm baffled at the way that they take at-bats because you can have like, you see teams like the um, um, the Cubs or the, the, the Cardinals or the, a really, really tough team that that the hitters like really just like eat at the pitchers. They really break them down. They really try to figure them out. They don't take any. They don't take bad swings. They don't take. Uh, they don't look at pitches. They don't. Um, they don't make any bad decisions or bad swings at the ball. They they're very disciplined. They know when to swing and when not to swing. They know their the the matchups. They know all that. It's just like you. I hope that changes and that has changed. Uh, drastically in in this past year in 2020 it has changed and it's gotten better every year since Dave Roberts has been there but it's always been our nagging issue is smart at bats and at bats that matter that count that actually put make it give us a chance to win the game tie the game whatever and not just lose every time that's just kind of like what I think about the Dodgers and why I'm so critical because I know that they have that potential uh you know you see their lineup Mookie Betts Corey Seager Cody Bellinger uh Justin Turner, they have so they have like the best roster in baseball, and when you see them, like just not perform because I like I said I watch them all the time. When you watch them and they're just like underperforming, and it's it's just like it's kind of like pathetic to watch, and it's just like, come on guys, you're better than this. You've got to do better. You've got to do better. It's just enough of this horsing around, enough of this playing around. We just got to be more disciplined and more. Um, Locked in and know the fund- fundamentals and, and and don't just throw them out of your brain because you're the Dodgers and you're 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 
classified as the best team in baseball. Don't throw it out. Don't let that get into your head because that's just going to be the downfall of us. If you can't get locked in, be settled in, and just like practice baseball and do your craft well, then you're never, it's just, we're not going to get there. We're not going to, we're going to have a hangover of a season. We're not going to be there. We're going to be like a fluke, like some teams do after they win the World Series. Like, I I mean, I obviously, if I can pick out a franchise that after winning the World Series and now at this point is kind of a joke or a bit of a team that's in shambles and not really knowing what to do with the, 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 the team that they have, I would say is it would be the Chicago Cubs because when they won the World Series, I thought that they were like a good young team, a good manager and and Joe Madden, a good um, uh, ownership, and a very bright future ahead. But since then, they've kind of been a little bit of a a mess, you would say. Um, they've lost some players, they've lost their owner, they lost their manager. So I would say that yeah, I don't want to be like the Cubs because that's very very possible. Like, you, you win the World Series and you get a little bit full of yourself. You make some rad, uh, bad decisions, some bad choices. Some You let let players go. It could happen. It could happen to anybody. It could happen to the Dodgers. It could happen to anybody. So we just got to be careful with that. Looking forward, we got to be take it one game at a time. Don't don't take it. Don't look at, oh, we got to get back to the World Series yet. You're not even in the position to talk about that yet. So put that out of your mind and just stick to one game at a time, and I think that will be good. And listen, hopefully that this first game was just a, a, a bad start, hopefully. Shaking off that rust, uh, right? A little bit of a, I guess you can say a little bit of a World Series hangover. I won't call it that fully yet until we really start to lose and just plummet. But if we do, um, but yeah, I just, let's, let's, let's stay positive and try to look at the brighter things in the future. I want to stick with sports because if you follow me on Twitter um, this past week and the week uh, week before, uh, you might have noticed that I've been tweeting a lot about UCLA. Now, if you don't know, UCLA is a, is a, this uh, one of the final one of the final four uh, schools in the NCAA March Madness tour uh, uh, tournament um, left in. It's UCLA, uh, Houston, Baylor, and Gonzaga. And I just want to say that whenever I tweet, I usually I tweet because I tweet like a Godzilla gif, and I try to uh, make that uh, resemble UCLA because again, uh, Gonzaga is a number one seed, Houston is a number two seed, Baylor is a number one seed, and then UCLA is an eleventh seed. So when I tweet like that, I'm tweeting like because they're. They're not looked at it upon as like a giant in this tournament, but they they play like that. They feel like that. I get like this um this beast that's just there because like if you look at what they've been doing, like they beat Michigan State to get into the tournament. They beat um this um, Texas Albion Christian, I think, which was pretty good. They beat BYU. They beat Alabama. They just recently beat Michigan, which I to be honest with you, I thought that, I thought that they would lose and they probably should have lost that game. But the thing about why I'm simping so hard for UCLA is just because when I watch UCLA play basketball, it's not pretty really, but but they're so tough and they they weather the storm so well. I mean, there's been so many times where I thought that Alabama or Michigan were just going to go on a run and and just stomp them down and beat them up. I thought that so many times, but you look back at, at those games and what happened. They they use it happens in every college game. Right, the one team will just go flat for like five or seven minutes and not score a single point. It's crazy when you think about it, but like that's exactly what happens. They don't score a point. 
and then usually that team that that makes a run is sort of behind before that so they kind of like claw back a bit and then usually that team will lose the lead and then they'll end up winning but UCLA for some for whatever reason they they just play so good they weather the storm so well hey like they'll know hey we're we're in a bit of a slump right now we can't really seem to score but we're not going to let them take the lead. We'll play defense. We'll be we'll be chippy. We'll be scrappy, and we won't let them have easy buckets. And every time they do that, they they end up winning the game. Happened with Alabama. Happened with Michigan. Both games, I thought that they would lose because obviously their competition was quote unquote better. Um, and when I just see like how how uh, uh, UCLA as the eleventh seed, as an eleventh seed, can just just keep going and keep trucking and keep grinding and pounding and, and beating and just not giving up with all their players like fucking um uh, Jaime Jaquez and uh, uh Johnny I can't remember his name but I they have such good team uh, good players they know what to do they make very smart de- de- decisions with the ball they make good shots they make good um passes they they and their defense is just so good so uh, yes, if you've seen me on Twitter simping hard for UCLA, just know because it's because they're the 11th seed, and they really aren't supposed to be there. Now, if you think about it, who's left? There's two number ones and a number two seed. Those teams should be making it to the Final Four. They should be. The number one seed in 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 college basketball is usually the best school in that in that region or whatever. And they, they likely should be making it. And what I like about the, the UCLA is that they're not. They're the 11th seed. It's so unpredictable and it's so um, it's so unscripted that when it happens, I'm like, yeah, I like this. I love this. This is so cool. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a thing where, like, it's so unexpected and it's so fun that you just want to keep it keep it going. So when it, when I was tweeting the Godzilla um, gifts, it was because it's so unexpected for UCLA to keep winning, and nobody thought that they would make it because before the tournament they were they lost four straight games. They had to play Michigan State. Nobody thought that they would beat them. They did, and then now they're just on this winning streak. And they're you can just see like with the coach and the players, they're just they're so bought into each other. They're so they're so they've grown together. They have a great team, and it's just like I want to keep seeing that because. They're shocking people. Like I see everybody tweeting and, and posting about how, how Michigan was going to beat them, how Alabama was going to beat them, and then no, they didn't beat them. They they UCLA did, and it was just like, yeah, man, everybody's saying like UCLA shouldn't be there, or they're a Pac-12 West Coast team. We shouldn't have taken them so seriously. But then it's just like, wow, you guys like really like just diss on the Pac-12 and West Coast basketball. Like, be, being on the West Coast, I, I like UCLA doing well because it's, like, represent the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like it's also another big thing because, like, you're underestimating an entire conference. I mean, before the, the Final Four, there was, um, um, in the Elite Eight, there was uh, UCLA and USC in the, in the Elite Eight. And I believe Oregon State, too, I think. I can't remember. But so many Pac-12 teams, and again, none of the um, teams that should be there, Michigan State, Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, all not even in it. So, like, when you see this, it's like, it's so, it, it, again, because it is a COVID year, some uh, teams should be in it that aren't in it. It's just so weird. Like, I never would have expected Alabama to be this good. I never would have expected Baylor to be this good. So, it's just like, it's nice to see something that is just so... Um, in the end, not, 
not not as predictable, not scripted. It, it's just fun to see that because I, I gotta admit, like for the past like couple years, NCAA tournament is just like who's gonna beat Duke? Who's gonna beat North Carolina? Who's gonna beat uh, Kentucky? Now I know Gonzaga's kind of like at that level now, but like they're not as like Kentucky or, or Duke, right? So like I enjoy seeing that. I enjoy seeing um, unpredictability. I enjoy the unscriptedness. I enjoy that so much. And I just want UCLA to keep going and shocking people and putting them, these other other schools on on notice that that um, they're not a joke. You shouldn't take them uh, as a joke. And I remember saying like, okay, um, I know that they beat Michigan, and I I'm I fully think that Gonzaga will beat them. I mean, I know they beat Alabama and, and Michigan, but there's something about Gonzaga that they're just so good at everything that they do. Every, they almost play like a like a really really good. Uh, really, really bad NBA team. Like, they play good enough to beat a couple NBA teams, I think. Maybe. Maybe not. But, like, they play good enough to at least compete with an NBA team, if that makes any sense. They're they're, they're one of the um, only schools that I've seen highlights of that can make an easy three almost automatically. Or, not an easy three. Easy layup almost automatically. Because, like, there's so many times in, like, that game with uh, Michigan and UCLA where it was just like easy layup and they can't make it. It's just like, wow, bro. I mean, like, again, the, the quality of the basketball is not there, but the, the drama and the storylines are there. So, if, again, if you're watching the, the tournament for basketball quality, you, you better stop because you're not going to get that much. Maybe with Gonzaga, but, like, other teams, I don't think so because that's not what it's about. It's about surviving and advancing. That's what it's always been about. And if you enjoy that, if you enjoy that drama, that's what it's for. And I'm just saying here on this podcast, I am fully committed and and rooting on for UCLA because I want them to win so badly because we have to think about like the blue bloods of the NCAA basketball, men's basketball. Who are they? Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, uh, Kansas sort of. But everybody forgets that who has the most NCAA uh, national championships? It's UCLA, bro. They have the most ever. I think they have 11. And I believe that the next school beside that has like maybe the second amount is probably Duke with five. I believe it's Duke. I could be wrong, but I know Duke has five with Coach K. But UCLA has 11 all time. And I know that they have a one one in like decades. But still, I mean, you can't count them out. They are the UCLA Bruins. They are a bat. They are. They have a basketball legacy. Now, I, 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 I agree that it hasn't really been at the highest level that they want it to be. I mean, it's gotten close with, with obviously, this team's pretty damn the closest that they've gotten, but they've had, like, in the past, uh, Lonzo Ball's team was pretty good, and even before that was decent, but, like, now it's just, like, you have the opportunity to be, to beat the best team in the country, and I know, like, the odds are against you big time, but, like, I believe that they can do it. I, I still think that Gonzaga will win, but I think that UCLA can, has an opportunity, has a chance to pull it out if they can play their game and not let you and not let Gonzaga go wild because that's what happened with Michigan. They didn't let Michigan go wild. Again, some of the players on Michigan were just missing open shots and threes that they should have had. And so was UCLA, but like they just weathered that storm and they just won in the end. So I'm a big UCLA fan right now, man, big UCLA fan. And I want to continue this. I hope that they win. It'd be so cool to see them win, man. It would be so cool. And uh, yeah, let's just, please happen because that would be so cool. I'm going to stick with sports right now. I know that 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 um coming up if you want to skip this, 
I will be talking about Godzilla vs. Kong. I will be giving you a review. But I also want to talk about one more thing before I get there. And it's also, it, it, it is sports. I'm sorry, but this is what it is. Um, if you follow the NBA at all, and you're aware of the team, the, the Brooklyn Nets, then you know that uh, what has happened with them. If you don't know, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. A little bit. Um, so the team consists right now, at the beginning of the year, of Kevin Durant, superstar forward, um, great player, two-time champion, Kyrie Irving, great point guard, uh, NBA champion, a little bit of a, of a weird guy, but, you know, he's not as bad lately. Um, and they're just really good players. They're incredible players. They had a good team. They got Joe Harris, a, a bunch of other guys that are there. That, that I, I thought that they were a good team at the beginning of the year. But I, what's happening now, and I, and I, I, I respect it a lot. I respect it, but I do not like it one bit. I do not like it. And they are, they've made a super team now, and it, it didn't just happen this week. It's been happening for a few weeks or a few months now. I think, yeah, a few months now. Um, so what's happened is that they, at the towards the beginning of the season, maybe like a few weeks, and they acquired James Harden. And James Harden was a player from the Houston Rockets who was a great player, great talent. Um, kind of didn't really show it all in the playoffs when he would be in there. Kind of pushed out a bit, but like he was, he was always a good player. I, I knew he was good and everything, but and I knew they, that he had potential to win a championship. And he joined the Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And I thought like, okay, that's a bit unfair. But I, I, I mean, obviously, if, they, if the Nets have the cap space and they can afford it, yeah, why would they not? I mean, they're not like a, a prolific NBA franchise. They don't have a lot of titles. They don't have like a lot of uh, a lot of playoff experience. They don't have a lot of a uh, bunch of anything really. I mean, they're 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 still to me the second team in New York to the Knicks. So like, okay, I mean, I get it. They want to build a brand. They want to build a team. Maybe they that they're going to keep them for a while. Maybe it's just for one year. Who knows? Um, so yeah, when they got James Harden, I was like, okay, whatever, that's fine. And then they started getting more players. They got Blake Griffin from the Detroit Pistons, who, again, has kind of been out of the game for a while. He missed the entire year last year. Um, but he I know his potential. He's a good player. He's a good forward. He's powerful. He's strong. He can dunk the ball. He can also assist. He can shoot uh, mid-range. He's he's pretty good player. And they just added him a, a, a couple weeks ago. And I was just saying, like, okay, well, now they're getting a little too good here. Maybe they're getting a little too good for everybody else in that in, in the NBA, possibly. Like, I remember back in the day when the Miami Heat made their super team with uh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and I thought that that was a pretty super team at the time. And then I just remembered before, back in 2008, when the Boston Celtics made their super team. You know, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett. I even include Rajon Rondo. That's a super team, in my opinion. But it seems like those players... Um, just weren't as, in my opinion, as dominant as literally every single one of those players that I mentioned on the Nets is. Like, Ray Allen wasn't, like, a dominant, like, a force like Paul Pierce was back in the day. He was a shooter, but he wasn't, like, aggressive, and he wasn't, like, a, a big force to be reckoned with. I mean, KG was. Kevin Garnett was obviously a center power forward, but he wasn't, like, they all had their roles, right? They all had like roles in, in the team. I'm not saying that they that, that the Nets players don't, but I feel like every single person on that team 
could literally take over a game at any time they wanted to. It's just like they have that firepower that they can just they it's like they'll never get tired really. They'll never have anybody like they'll never have like a time where an uh an all-star won't be on the court. It's crazy. And then this week they just signed LaMarcus Aldridge. And I I even forgot about DeAndre Jordan, who's also a great center and a great power forward. But it's just like now you look at it, they have Kevin Durant, James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, and DeAndre Jordan. It's just like I look at that team and like that team, all those players have multiple all-star appearances for the NBA. Multiple. Some of them have championships too. So I'm looking at this and I'm just like, the Nets are making the NBA. This is like the biggest super team that I've ever seen. And it's just, it seems like it's so not fair anymore. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, back when they had KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, like, I think, like, okay, like, they're they're good, they're really good. They also had, uh, they also had DeAndre at that time, too, but, like, they're very good, they're very deep, it looks like their bench isn't that bad, but they're, they're, obviously, their stars are through the roof. Like, they may have, they have, like, some of the best players on their team, so I'm thinking, like, okay, they're, they're loaded, but now after these past couple trades, Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, I'm just thinking like, dude, I don't even know if this is fair anymore. And it's just like, is the NBA, why do they allow this? Why do they allow this team to be formed? Like, it just doesn't seem fair to me. Like, if this team doesn't get to the finals, it would be very disappointing and I would be so happy. But you look at the roster and you almost think like, well, yeah, now they're going to make it. There's no way that they won't make it now, right? Because... It's not like these players are like not gonna. It's it's hard for me to see them choke and flounder, and just not make it. It it really is because like in the end of the day, they're they're so good at basketball that this game just comes to uh, to them at second nature. They're that good at it. Like the, these guys are so good at basketball, like the the little um, drama or whatever they might have is gonna go away. It has to go away. Like they they just they know that this year is going to be their year. And if it's not year uh, th- this year, if, it, if, if it's not their year, then they're going to be like, oh, we failed. And probably just shake it off. But in my mind, I just know that, dude, if these guys are in the finals, it's going to be the most predictable thing that's ever happened. Because now you've kind of ruined, you've taken out the the uh, the coin toss or the, the actual playoffs. It feels like, well, this team's just going to make it now just by the looks of it. I mean, if obviously if they if they fail, that'd be a good thing. But like right now, if I look at the Eastern Conference, this is probably going to be the team that represents them. It's just like, wow, I'm already seeing like I can already picture the matchup, and it's just so predictable and so so scripted. You know what I mean? So it's just like that's what I don't like about the NBA in recent years because I've talked about this before about the 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 Warriors, the the Cavaliers, the Lakers the heat back in the day and it's just repeating itself nowadays. Now it's the Nets, now it's the Lakers. It's 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 the Heat possibly. Um maybe the Sixers, but like now it's just like wow. This feels like an automatic lock to me right now today. Um this Nets team it's just like I don't know if this is good for the league or not though. Like I just feel like with football this is never really a thing because football is like more of a there isn't really any super teams. Really. I mean, I guess you can say that the Bucks are kind of a super team because they have so many good players, but, like, that might be, like, the only one. Like, the... It's just, like, it just seems so manufactured. It seems so... 
that's making the NBA more and more predictable and more and more like this is their their thing. They make the next super team. They got to build a team that everybody's going to like. Even if you don't like the NBA, you'll, you'll root for them. It's just like, wow, man, this feels so forced. Like I said, manufactured, and I don't like it, man. It takes it takes the, all the teams out of it. It feels like it's now it's not a, a league when anybody can beat anybody and, and like a game that matters, really. It just seems so scripted now. It just seems so predictable and it's just like whenever you talk turn on sports center it's like all they talk about is the nets now it's just like wow okay before it was the the celtics then it was the heat then it was the lakers now it's the freaking Nets. so it's just like oh man enough is enough like and i know like the lakers just got andre drummond but like i mean lebron's out ad's out so it's just like he's like the last lifeline and let me tell you something like the lakers bench is not very good either i mean like i remember back in the day when they drafted kyle kuzma and seeing him play as a rookie and with Lonzo Ball, and I knew that Lonzo was not as good, but Kyle Kuzma was pretty good. Ever since LeBron came and ever since AD came, his quality and his 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 I feel like his um, his production has just dropped big time because you never hear about him anymore. Like back in the day with Lonzo Ball and all of them, he was like the le- the leading scorer. So it was just like, yeah, he's putting in the work and he's doing it because he's like the best player on the team. But now that LeBron and LeBron and AD are there, he's just he's 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 just not even there anymore. It's just like it's crazy now because like you do, it's like they don't even care. Like what happens? What's gonna happen if um um all those players on the Nets if they're like so they're gonna be they can potentially all be on the court at the same time. Maybe I know I mentioned six, but like they can shift that lineup around a lot. So like I see like none of those players being like wanting to play on the bench really. Maybe one, obviously, but, like, I don't, I don't see, like, a lot of them being on the bench. So, I mean, like, pretty much what I'm looking at is, like, the best team in the NBA now. So, it's just, like, yeah, I feel like we've already got the NBA champions right now. So, it's, like, I don't know if I need to watch the rest of the season now. And I know that the NBA has been doing this a lot, but this time it just feels so obvious and manufactured. And I'm just, like, yeah, no, I don't know about this. It's a shame because I, I I don't know why that they do the super team thing. Like, I would feel like the player would want to beat the other, other person, you know? Like, why would... It, the whole thing about back in the day with Kevin Durant going to the Warriors was always like, I, I can't beat them. I guess I better join them. That's what I felt when he did it. I was just like, this guy is just a big old cop-out. He's just a baby... He can't win it with Russell Westbrook. He can't win it with OKC. He can't win it with what he's got. He's got to go and be a baby and join the Warriors. That's what I thought. And I, I think he'll deny it. Of course he will. He'll deny it. But I, in my true belief, in my all my being, I believe that he joined them because he simply could not beat them. And he was tired, tired of getting beaten by them. Because I remember those matchups with OKC and Golden State. Those would be such... Good matchups because you got, you know, uh, Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson versus Kevin Durant and and Russell Westbrook. And I would always think that KD was good enough to beat them, you know, without all the help. I mean, Russell Westbrook is a superstar, but like still like I always thought that they had enough power and, and uh, players to do it, but it never happened. And it just felt like, oh, man, he I can I can I know where he's coming from. He's getting older. He's uh, um, playing a lot of basketball. He's been wanting to get this championship for a long time, and it's just not working. And I, I understand why he would do it, but in the end of the day, I'm always going to say that that guy's kind of a baby and kind of a sellout for joining the Warriors. It just, it just, you can honestly tell 
that when he was going to leave and he when he signed with the Warriors, it's just like, wow, he doesn't even care how this looks on him. Like, when I saw it, I was just like, this guy just simped for the Warriors. Like, this is so obvious, man. And, of course, he'll say, no, it wasn't because I he, he, that's not the reason why and whatever. But I'm just like, no, bro, look at it. You, It's so obvious, man. It's just... That's what you did. I know you're not going to say it, and I don't expect you to admit it or whatever, but I just look okay. Um, whatever. Do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to hit on you for what you want. You've got two championships with the Warriors. You did a good thing. You brought you you helped out Steph Curry and Klay Thompson a lot. I know you were out of it for like the last one, I think, but like still, you still earned it technically, and whatever. I'm sure you enjoyed your time there, but I still think that at the end of the day, you did that because you thought that there was no other option but to join them to beat them, or to not even beat them, just to join them because you couldn't beat them. I get it. All right, everybody, now that we're done with sports. Yes, I know that that was a long segment of sports, but it was a lot I wanted to talk about. A lot that happened, a lot that I like to talk about, a lot that I just wanted to just spew out what I was thinking and just, you know, I I, I, I just wanted to say my piece on that. But now I'll get into the other thing that I brought up earlier, and that is the review of Kong, or Godzilla vs. Kong. Big, big movie, big movie. Uh, a new movie that just came out yesterday on um, HBO Max and in theaters wherever they're open. A um, little bit of a back. Um story of what I think about Godzilla and the MonsterVerse right now. So, if you don't know this, that this is going to be the fourth movie of the ongoing Warner Brothers MonsterVerse, which includes Godzilla 2014, um, Kong Skull Island, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and now Godzilla vs. Kong. And now I will get to what I, uh, the review of the movie. Um, and little, actually, you know, a little bit of a backstory of, of the what I thought about those movies. I enjoyed the 2014 Godzilla um, just enough. I thought it was a good movie. It was a little boring. I kind of wanted to see more of Godzilla because oh, there's going to be spoilers too, by the way. So uh, be ready for that. Um, I just thought in the 2014 one, it was just like a little bit of a tease. The entire movie was a bit of a tease of Godzilla. Um, the director wanted to go on like this Jaws attempt and not really show him. It was, that's what I felt. And like uh, they had Brian Cranston in the movie. They had Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, and there was a pretty strong cast up until when Brian Cranston uh, was killed off in the movie. And then I think a lot of people would say that after that happens, it's kind of a little bit of a duller movie. It doesn't really have as much drive. Um, character-wise, I don't know why they killed them off, because Aaron Taylor Johnson just, in that movie, just did not carry it from then, as Brian Cranston was, he, it was just, it felt like it was just, like, kind of being, like, um, pushed along with him, like, he wasn't really, like, leading the charge, he wasn't really the main character, really, it just felt like he wasn't just, I don't know, it just felt weird, and when he died, it was just like, oh, yeah, this just, it makes, like, literally, like, nothing is driving this movie anymore, so, like, that's what I felt, felt about that, um, Kong Skull Island, I hate that movie, I did not like it one bit, mainly because it was, the, the, the story is kind of weird, but it's believable, um, it is a bit, it feels like a movie that's trying too hard to be, like, a Vietnam movie, when it really isn't, because it's a damn monster movie, um, it makes no sense, really, um, I think the acting is okay in that, and I think that, um, you know, it's, it, it does the job of entertaining, it's, it's fun like that, 
but it's also edited pretty weirdly. It just kind of disjointed. It's kind of a, uh, it I don't know. It just it just kind of like just makes me like not want to watch it when I see it because the editing is so blatantly aggressive and obvious, and it's just like. I didn't like that much about it. And uh, King of the Monsters was the latest one in 2019. I actually, I said when I first saw it that it was a cool movie and that was it. Because the story in the movie, and I know that you shouldn't really follow the humans in this mo- in these movies really. But if you make the human part in the movie, like the majority of the movie, how can you not just follow that and not just be wanting to be engaged and wanting to be like rooting for any characters? Because like when you look at that movie... The uh, characters, the story is so freaking stupid, and it's the majority of the movie. It takes you out of the movie, in my opinion. I was just like, this. none of these characters are, are, are cool. The story makes no sense. I don't care about anybody in the movie, and it, the majority of the movie is the humans. So when I see it on screen, I'm just like, oh, man. Like, the, the human story is just so bad, and it's so weak, and it's just so, I don't care about any of these people. And it's just like, let's get to the monsters already, because those are, that's the coolest part. That's why I say it's a cool movie, because it's got cool fighting in it. But, like, as a movie, like, and, like, yeah, like I know, like, you come to those movies to watch the monsters fight. I get that. But why make it a two-hour movie, dramatize it with characters and a plot and all that, if it's just going to be some stupid thing? I get it that it's a Godzilla movie, but at the end of the day, bro, these aren't, like, audiences from, like, the 1950s or whatever. We, we, audiences nowadays are so much smarter. They want more, better plots. We want better characters. We want better this. We don't get fooled as easily as we did back in the day. So... What I'm saying is, like, you can't just make a stupid brain-dead character movie with humans if it's the majority of the movie and just have, like, a little snippets of monster fighting in the in the middle. And at the end, it's just like, I, I didn't get it. I just was like, this can't be serious. This isn't working. The characters just don't work. It just, it doesn't flow right. So I was just not a fan of that one. And it was just like, it's cool. Like, like I said, it, it's a cool-looking movie. It's got cool monster fights. It's got cool effects it's cool but it's other than that that's it it's just it's i didn't think it was good i know i'm in with my friend group i'm in the minority i get that but i was just i was not um impressed uh, it was just okay for me it, I, not i wouldn't recommend it really if you don't like those movies and it's just like what do you want to watch um I, I wouldn't recommend it but like <clears throat> it is what it is it's it's not the best it's not the worst um this newest movie, though, I, I, you know, knowing what I had already known from the previous movies of the, especially the the very previous one, you know, King of the Monsters, um, I was a little um nervous about it because I really didn't want it to go the same way as King of the Monsters did because I just was like, I don't want to see that again, man. I don't want to see that uh, that such a stupid story with dumb characters and a dumb plot and something that I just didn't care about. And I was actually kind of, um, I was surprised, actually. I really dug the Godzilla vs. Kong. I, re- I really liked it. Um, mainly, I think, because, for one, the action, the effects, and the monster fights is really, really good in this movie. Really good. Surprisingly good. I mean, like... If you've seen the the previous uh, movies, like the majority of the fighting is in a dark, dark. You know, it's dark. Really, it's dark, and you can't really see much. Um, and it's just kind of like 
bleh, dark and shadowy and all that. And you just you can't really see like the monsters like bodies or what they're doing really sometimes. And the way it's shot too, sometimes they take a perspective that's like a little too like on the ground when you can barely see the monsters and like I get that it's realistic and that was okay at the very beginning movies but now I just want to see them in full full shots of their you know them fighting and all that I just want to see that more and this movie does that and it does it pretty well because not only are they like full body shots now of the monsters fighting but like now it's better better lit it's in day you can see what's happening you can see the the effects don't look as bad they look better in a way um some of them are at night, but some of them are in the day. But in the night, when they do them, they have it, it's lit pretty uh, strategically. So this is going to be a bit of a spoiler, but in uh, in uh, one of the fights in the movie is um, on, in, in like a, in a, it's in Hong Kong. And the city is lit up with these neon lights and the neon buildings and like yeah, they're fighting in that. But it's so cool because it kind of reminiscence a bit of like what like a, uh, you know, how Godzilla would have attacked, like, Japan or whatever. It's it's very nostalgic. You kind of get that nostalgic feeling of him, like, attacking, like, an Asian country or an Asian city, preferably, like, Tokyo back in the day, but in this case, it's Hong Kong. Um, but it's cool to see that because it's just, like, in the previous movies where, where uh, they they battled in uh, San Francisco and Boston, and it was just, like, very, you know, dark and all that. I was just like, okay, we've done two American cities. Let's, let's, let's move this on to the roots, let's go to Japan, or, you know, Hong Kong, for instance, in this movie, and I thought that th that was just so cool to see, and it was just really well done, and I thought that it was just, like, um, um, it, it wasn't, like, a pain to watch, in my opinion, it was very fun to watch, it was very exciting, it was very cool, it had a different feeling to the other movies, it felt like more of, like, a you're actually watching people fight instead of like just these big colossal monsters. And I get it. Like there are big giant monsters and all that. But like at the same time, I kind of wanted it to change it up a bit of how they shot it. They filmed it and all that. And I just thought that this way was a lot better. And now let's, let's get into the story though. This will be a little bit of a spoilery, but I will try not to do it too much. So I think if you've seen the trailers and you've seen marketing and you've seen promotions of this movie, you should probably get the feeling that King Kong is going to be the main uh, I guess character in this movie, the main protagonist, and he is, and it's 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 done very well because it's done in a way that I kind of you, if you've ever seen a King Kong movie, you might kind of have a little bit of an idea of how they're gonna do it, but they put it on a little bit of a twist, and they and this twist that they do that they do it, I think they did it pretty well. I enjoyed the relationships with the characters with King Kong, and I enjoyed that they did it in a not so on the nose way what you have might have been noticed uh exposed to in the past but it did it in like a smart way that seems believable and it gives a little bit of a backstory on kong and what he's like and like because in the end of the day king kong is an ape so if like you like know like if you've seen like planet of the apes or any movies like that they, there's always like this connection between apes and humans so that kind of translates into this movie with some characters and i thought that that was pretty cool because you know, Kong is always like, he, he, again, he's an ape, and he has these traits of an ape, so it's like, it almost makes sense for that to happen, and it makes sense for, like, the humans to be more in, more connected, in a way, than they, they would be with Godzilla, because he is, like, a lizard uh, creature. So I enjoyed that a lot, I thought it was done very well, and I thought that also the movie itself, like, the, the plot, um, it didn't take itself too seriously, which is, like, what I thought that the last one did, and in, in the end, it was just so... 
laughably bad. And this one, it's, it's, it's like, I'm not saying like this one is like a cutting edge story, cutting edge plot. No, it's not that at all. I mean, if you look at the title of the movie, it's Godzilla versus Kong. Um, but the, the plot is not real. It doesn't, it, it isn't so, um, serious that it makes it feel, um, pathetic or doesn't, it makes it feel laughable. It is laughable. They know that it's laughable, but the characters also in it are funny. They're kind of believable. They're jokey, but it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard to make it so serious that you, that you think in the end where you're watching it, that this is just, um, silly. You don't get that. You're not laughing at the movie. You're laughing with the movie and how silly it is because it is silly, but you're not laughing at it. You're laughing with it because it is silly, but you're enjoying it. And that's one of the things that I thought about it. It's just like, it's a big, silly, fun action movie. And I enjoyed that quite a lot. I thought it was, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's one of the, I think it might be their best monster movie. I think it is because I think it, it hits on all those notes and I think it hits with emotion it also expands on the lore, it expands on the world, it expands on the uh, what's happening. It, it just, like, in some of the characters that they, that they had in uh, King of the Monsters, like, uh, for instance, uh, Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler, they're back in it, but they have to kind of have to, like, um, bridge their story within the new story with the other characters. I think that, that they did that pretty well, um, and they made it so, like, that they had actually things to do in this movie and not just kind of write them off and do nothing because, like, you kind of do have to taken into consideration that this movie kind of ties in King of the Monsters and Skull Island in a way because you kind of get a bit of Godzilla's story of what he's up to and you get some Kong things and I think that they were able to bring them together in a pretty decent way that isn't like again like I said laughable it's actually you're on a pretty cool fun ride and I thought that that was pretty good man I enjoyed it I was surprised because I again like I said I did not enjoy the last one I thought it was kind of laughable but this one, I was able to buy into it, and I, I had, like, very low expectations, I think. The last one, I kind of did have quite a bit, but this one, I was just... I saw, like, one trailer, and um, that was it. I just saw one because I didn't want to see too much of it because I know that I knew that the movie was being delayed by, like, months because of, you know, the pandemic and all that, but I was just like, I don't want to see anything about this movie. I just want to wait till it comes out and then watch it. And I think if you're doing that, if you've done that in, already... And I think if you, you know, been keeping up and not trying to get spoiled, um, you'll have a fun time with it. I think if you just, you overthink it and you're thinking too much about the plot or the characters or what they're doing, because again, it is about big giant monsters and, and fighting in cities and destroying cities, cities and all that. So if you, if you think about it too much, you, you won't enjoy it. If you just watch it for the fun of it, which you should be doing with these movies, and if the plot is again like with this movie it's not trying to force it on you to try to be so serious and try to make it believable if you if you take into the, all that into consideration you should be having fun with it because i certainly did and i did not expect to at the end of the day and i know like i watched it with my brother and one of my friends and i liked it at the most out of the both of them so so you can take my advice you can take my review with a grain of salt if you want if you enjoyed king of the monsters I think you will enjoy this. Again, I think it's got enough uh, monster fighting. It's got a lot of good action. It's got a, got a lot of good world building on the world that they've established. I think you'll like it because I think it does quite a good job at at, at, at progressing the, the monster-verse and what is happening with all that. I think it does a very good job. I think it, they have some pretty interesting um, 
concepts that they're um, also um, trying to build up building blocks for. But I think it's it's really good. I think that you will enjoy it. If you didn't like the um, King of the Monsters, you probably won't enjoy it. Or you might, like me. Who knows? Um, but I would give Godzilla vs. Kong a 7.9 out of 10. Definitely did better than I thought it would. I again, I again, I was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Now you might say like, oh, a seven point nine, that isn't at, that's not like a ten or a eight or a nine. But you got to think about it like this. I, the ten, for me, the ten is a perfect film. The nine is an amazing film, and eight is a great film. Seven, is a good film. So it's like a really good movie. So seven point nine for me, in my rankings, is just below great. So, if you see that, and you're like, oh, 7.9, that's like a C. Well, that's in my my grading scale, is a 7.9 is really good. So, take that with, with, with what you want, take it how it is, with a grain of salt, whatever. I think it's a really, really good movie that you'll have fun with. Um, I thank God, because like it, it was so cool to finally see a new movie that was supposed to be in theaters, or that is in theaters, but it's on HBO Max. I thought it was so, it, it's so worth it. It's such a fun movie, and I do wish that the theaters next to me were open, because, again, if you have the chance or you have an opportunity to watch it in IMAX, I implore you to do it. Again, that is if you feel safe and you're willing to go to a theater. But um, it's so good. I wish I saw it in IMAX, because I could see how this plays into IMAX and how it should be. Now, I have a pretty big TV and I have a sound, a sound bar, but it, I know that it would be so much better on an IMAX screen with an IMAX theater with the speakers and all that. I think I, I know that would be better. So if you can do it, do it. Um, but if you can't, it's on HBO Max for free if you have a subscription. Again, if you want to check out that movie, go ahead and do it. I, I think I did, uh, did a, a okay job with not spoiling too much. I think I just said that the, one of the fighting was in uh, Hong Kong, which I think if you saw the trailer, you kind of got an idea of that because it's kind of prominent in the trailer, but I, I didn't really spoil too much of the main points. I know that there were some spoilers that uh, you should avoid that I have not said about. So if you are planning to watch this movie, do not go online and before because... The, the payoff for what I saw, yeah, it was a good one. It was a good payoff. I enjoyed that. I, I'm so glad that I didn't look up spoilers and I only watched the first trailer and that was it. Because I I was talking to my brother my, and my friend after and he was saying like, yeah, that, that was in the trailer or one of the trailers. So I was just like, why would they put that in there? That'd be such a cool reveal in the movie. But other other than that, nothing really to report on. It was a good movie. It was solid, fun cool movie avoid spoilers avoid them do the best that you can i enjoyed it again i give it a 7.9 out of 10 and that's going to be it today man thank you for listening thank you for watching again you can find me on apple Podcasts and then on spotify if you want to watch on youtube you can find on youtube again you can find all the things the podcasts the videos at intelligent moron with alex silva uh thank you for listening and i hope that you continue to uh rate and review on apple Podcasts. that helps so much that does a lot for me that uh lets me get some feedback get some um, reviews in because i believe to this day that the only site the only platform the only um provider that you know where you get your podcast the only one that does rating and reviewing is apple Podcasts. spotify i've not seen that one bit 
Um, and I, I I haven't seen SoundCloud or whatever. It's just on Apple Podcasts. So if you can do that, I would greatly appreciate it if you would like, subscribe, rate, and review. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you back next week.